Welcome to the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast, episode 31 this time. It's the NFL Playoffs. We appreciate you guys listening to all of our shows throughout the year. And remember, if you listen with captions on, nothing will happen. <laughs> but you're welcome to do it if you want. Anyway, uh, we are doing a special broadcast at the end of the fantasy season because the fantasy season may not just be over yet. There are other things that you can do with it, and we're going to be talking about those as well as uh, all kinds of uh, of specific uh, uh, players to look at for next year, uh, and the coaching changes that are happening right now, and we're also going to be making picks about the teams that we think will get farther into the playoffs. Yeah, man, they're still playing football. Introducing uh, myself, Dave, Jason across from me, and our rookie expert, special guest, Sean Foss, who has not been on the podcast this year, but I'm pretty sure was on almost all of the previous years, if not once, uh, if not... If not once, then if twice. Not twice. If then not twice, then once. three times. If not three times, then maybe not. I, I think I think twice, <laughs> probably about twice every season. Thanks for having me back, guys. I was wondering if I was going to get the invite this year. To a year, I think we sent an invite. It just wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. It was returned. lost in the mail. Yeah, returned. I know. I tried to put it on you guys, but it was me. It was me that couldn't make it. All good. So uh, we're going to start with what are you drinking tonight? And I currently have a. Um, Toppling Goliath Golden, Golden Nugget, Nugget IPA, <laughs> which is from uh, Iowa, and I've been to the brewery. Uh, pretty fantastic place, pretty fantastic beer. I have lined up for myself a Lagunitas 2018 one-hitter series, born yesterday, pale ale, fresh hop, unfiltered. Let's talk about things that have a lot of names. Uh, a lot of like uh, qualifiers, descriptors. Yeah. Yes, that that's not just a pale ale. Like the, any person of note on Game of Thrones that has like eighteen right. different descriptors before they say their name. Yeah, this is the Khaleesi of, of beers. If you're introduced on Game of Thrones and your name is just like Tarek, then you're just an asshole. Bronn, son of <laughs> you would Un- know him. Unbreaker of chains, uh, <laughs> mother right. of dragons, whatever you want to put in front of it. Coordinator of mm. groups. <laughs> Queen of the Andals and the First Men. I don't. Yeah. If you don't have a couple of titles before your name, then you are just not worthy. If you have to say your own name, in fact, then you're really not worthy. You need someone else to introduce you. Yes. You need like someone to shout it from the heavens. That's right. And uh, what are you drinking, sir? So I, like Jason, am drinking the... Uh... We're all drinking the Toppling Goliath. Yeah, we all yeah. started with a round of the Toppling okay. Goliath. So here's what we'll do. We don't usually do this, but next time when we get a uh, another beer, we're just going to we're gonna break in for whatever that new round of beers is. Sound good, guys? That works. Okay. I did have a, uh, the Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale earlier while we were preparing for the show. That is a wonderful beer. I also had a glass of Delicious. milk earlier. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> I've yeah. drank a bunch of water today. I'm not sure. Really good. I'm not sure Costco is a brand, but uh, it was a Costco milk, which, which <laughs> Costco means Costco milk, which means From Costco cows, which means it towered above all the other items in my refrigerator. Basically, <laughs> is what it means if it's from Costco. It was in a five-gallon like, yeah, container. I was about to ask, yeah. It was like I bought some cheese from Costco. Did you? 
Was it a wheel or was it like a tractor? No, it was a tractor of cheese. It was a tractor wheel of cheese. <laughs> it was the whole thing. It was four wheels, 12 wheels. We, we all we know have to buy them in a set, obviously. The, and Costco's going to take over the world and, and we're all going to be defeated at their feet. However, we love it and we're going to enjoy it while they do it, I think. Anyway, uh, onto the show. We're going to talk about fantasy playoff options first, uh, but a little bit of music interlude in between sounds wonderful. What do you think, Jay? Costco. Go ahead. Welcome to Costco. Welcome to Costco. Here. <laughs> Welcome to Costco. Welcome to Costco. I love you. So remember, if you pick up on the theme of the music, then just uh, let us know what that is, and we'll give you some sort of prize. But you have to listen to the show, and then you have to tell us what it is. Those are the requirements. So you can email me, Jason at Drink5, or Dave, David Drink5, or you can tweet us at Drink5, or you can come on the show in the chat room and tell us what it is. And if you win, we promise to give you a prize that's we will somewhere send you some sort of swag somewhere in between five and four thousand six hundred and fifty six dollars. I think that's a reasonable cap. Yeah, it's a range. I can't imagine oddly, spending much more than that. Oddly specific, someone I but don't also know. reasonable. Well, there's yeah. one item that in particular that I might send to one lucky listener, but uh, that price could go up in price. That'll be a really tough theme. Is it, is it one Bitcoin? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, it's about that price, actually. I think Bitcoin is around uh, $5,000 or something. Which oh, is, no. Oh, it's up to $4,000. Which was so funny because it used to be... Well, okay, I'm not I'm not going to drive any stakes into the hearts of Bitcoin owners, so... Just do it. Just put them out of their misery. No, let's just, let's just say uh-huh. stop investing in this right now, people. In it has mid- not stabilized. In mid-December, it was down to... <laughs> Thirty-one eighty-three. If you want your money to go up and down and your anxiety with it, invest in this kind of currency. Yeah. It's like owning a bunch of like dolphins and giants on your fantasy team this year. No, it's like owning a bunch of dolphins, like actual dolphins. Like actual dolphins? Yeah, because I'm sure that their value fluctuates as they well. They only go up in value. Dolphins? I think so. I don't know. I'm just making I've never up. owned a dolphin. <laughs> Can you get like, like a property. quarter dolphin? It's like real estate. Would it be politically incorrect for me to order a quarter dolphin? Probably. We can order like a quarter of a cow. Would that I be think, a problem? I think PETA would have a problem with that. The problem with the dolphin is how do you divide it up? Like where's the leg and where's the thigh? Like I don't I don't know where those things are in the dolphin. You probably just need to go to Japan to find out. They don't out. have legs, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to do a show about this. How do you divide up a dolphin, and is that it's okay just to do? Fillets, I guess. Fillet of dolphin. Come on, guys, we're losing people just by the second. I can see them. I, yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> they're jumping overboard. Maybe let's pivot back to football. Overboard to save the dolphins. <laughs> Good pivot. Let's not purchase dolphins. Also, not Bitcoin. Not yet. Okay. What about dolphin coin? Dolphin coin. Dogecoin is where it's at. All right. So tonight we're gonna Ethereum. start off. Talking about some of the fantasy playoff options, what you may have, you know, I thought this was uh, at a your disposal show. for the fantasy season <laughs> uh, in the playoffs. You know, the the proper leagues end in week sixteen, the ridiculous leagues end in week seventeen, but nothing goes on past that. Uh, so you have to restart and reset everything when it comes to the playoffs. Okay, hit the reset button. So you can keep playing DFS, uh, daily fantasy 
kind of works the same way in the playoffs. There's fewer teams to choose from, but for the most part, it works the same way. If you don't play DFS normally, on a lot of the sites, you can set up free leagues with your friends, or you can even play for money, although I suggest keeping that money offline so that the site doesn't take a cut of it. Um, so uh, the DFS works best in the two weekends, uh, the first two weekends of the playoffs when there's eight teams playing. Otherwise, there's just not a lot to choose from. So, so I think they'll still do it championship weekend, right? Let's talk about DFS for a second. So just real quickly, uh, how many of us have played DFS before? Raise your hands. Okay, that's everybody. Yeah. Uh, and there's the three of us at the table. How many of us have played DFS this season? Raise your hands. I did not play this year at all. I, okay. I did last weekend. So two. So it sounds like, Sean, you're you're big into DFS, or at least you play it on a regular basis, right? Uh, semi-regular. Have, um, have you won money from DFS? Yeah, not big money this season, but I've I've probably... Slightly better than broken even this season. Have you had any big wins where it's uh, substantial, or just kind of getting your money back on? The... No, I mean I don't. I don't bet huge money on it. Um, just kind of something for fun, give you a little extra rooting. Are you going to play uh, playoff DFS? I will. I did last weekend, and I'll probably set a, enter maybe one or two tournaments this weekend too, just to just to play for again, give you some rooting interest in the games. Okay, and what do you guys think about DFS as far as all those people that have <clears throat> algorithmic things that are programmed to, uh, as robots go in and choose a whole bunch of stuff? And uh, is, is that really taking away from kind of the the skill base and uh, and your your interest in playing? Or do you not really care about that? You're kind of just uh, of the mindset that if you pick the right players, you're going to win some money. So I think for me, I don't I don't spend enough on DFS. I don't play it enough. Um, to really be concerned about the kind of the bigger picture thing that there are basically a good small group of sharps that know what they're doing and a lot of other people who think they know what they're doing that are just basically paying money to those sharps that do know. Yeah. Um, if you're only playing here or there, <clears throat> you end up, I mean, you can, you can still have some decent wins and come out with some profits, but sure. if you're treating it as an actual stream of income, uh, you better know what you're doing. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I definitely am turned off by that in, in that I don't know how to do that. Uh, and I wish I could apply that to regular fantasy football. That's definitely uh, the st- statistical analysis of the game and stuff is what we try have tried to do here. And it's uh, impressive that they're able to figure it out. I think it has a lot to do with being able to rank people on the salary cap because you're given a certain salary cap and all the players cost X amount of money. Uh, and because of that, you can find really good deals and really good combinations of players that are more likely to you know succeed than others. Yeah, it's giving you another variable so, um, in addition to all of the regular football variables you could rank someone on. Right. So they're basically able to you know do a lot in the bigger tournaments. Obviously, if you're playing against your friends in a private league, you don't have to worry about stuff like that, so you can just play the game. Um, I don't play DFS because I am so involved in regular fantasy football that I decided that's an easy thing to sort of cut out to allow myself a little bit of time to be away from football. Okay. Um, so here in the playoffs, you can also do a fantasy playoff challenge. That's what I've been running now for seven years here in the playoffs. It started with like 10 or 12 people and I've expanded it to 32 teams, um, and it's a best ball style, meaning uh, all the players on your team is all you get, and you just get all the points from those players. Uh, it's rotisserie scoring, so uh, it's just points scored. You don't have any sort of head-to-head matchups at all to worry about. So you don't have a record at the end of it. You just have a point total, and that's it. Yeah, I think we I think we like that, right? Uh, I don't know if uh, 
if Sean has played that recently, but we have a lot of people that play in your league on a regular basis, like four divisions or more. Yeah. And, and you actually end up doing it right where you uh, you have uh, individual divisions with like eight or ten people so that those people can draft out of a certain pool and then you continue that with all the other ones. Right. So when you have 32 teams in a uh, format like this, I'll split it up eight uh, teams per division. There's four total divisions. And each division is going to have a full complement of players to draft from. So each group of eight sort of is a league on its own and it drafts against each other. And then you put them all together uh, for like, you know, the grand prizes and stuff. And I'll rank the top five at the end of the year. Um, What's really nice about this is that uh, my fantasy league uh, is a website that is traditionally sort of old school in terms of fantasy. It's highly customizable, but uh, it's got a very old internet feel to it. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's not very intuitive, but it's free to use for the playoffs. And it's one of the only sites I'm aware of that allows you to set up free leagues, and it allows me to do this crazy, like, uh, you know, four-division, 32-team setup. So that's nice in order to have a site to control the scoring so that everybody can uh, keep up with that. Because that was sort of a big deal. You, you are able to draft, and that's all the work you really need to do for the league because then the lineup is set. And you still get to you know pay attention to the scoring every week, and you have stuff to root for still. Well, these days, let's be serious, nobody has time to individually add up the statistics for, uh, for individual players on individual teams. We're all just trying to make an income out there, right? Yeah, that was a pain I in mean- the ass when I did that <laughs> manually. I, I mean, I remember the days of doing it with like the newspaper box. Yeah, scores. yeah, right. The box scores. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so insane. When you do have the multiple divisions, it allows you to let people who are proper fantasy football degenerates to have multiple entries. So fantasy playoff challenge, I, I heartily endorse. I think that's great. And there's also other things you can do, much like in confidence, I think you'll touch on later, where you could actually uh, multiply the points by a modifier, for example, for uh, the different division uh, or different uh, weekly things that happen different during week. the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So, so play it, points earned in the Super Bowl are worth a lot more. If you wanted to make it more important like that, yeah, you could do like uh, one for the uh, for the wild card round and then 1.2 for the divisional round and 1.4. You could do that kind of stuff uh, because you're modifying the rules on the website, which allows you uh, a lot of uh, freedom. That's cool. I hadn't thought about that. It's uh, something to consider. Another thing I had seen is that people are doing this, um, but they're allowing themselves to have a bench. So you have a sort of a shorter starting lineup, but then you draft a deeper team with a bench, and you actually set your lineup each week. Um, so that is, uh, you know, that's interesting. It allows you to sort of draft um, all over the place rather than just drafting a, a couple of teams. Sure. Um, and then this is one that I just learned about today, the playoff blitz. So um, instead of a traditional draft, what you're going to do is just have the entire pool of players available to each person. You set a lineup the first week, but you cannot reuse the same player twice throughout the playoffs. Now, I like this model. I think it'd be pretty fun to do a, a league like that. I, I agree. So once you use them in a week, you can't use them again. Almost like um, the uh, survivor pool um, uh, model for confidence. Oh, picks. totally. It would be like a survivor fantasy thing. Survivor fantasy. Yeah. Uh, so, you know... You get really interesting strategy with this. Like in the playoff challenge, you tend to want to zero in on a couple of teams that you think are going to go deep because having the most players play week after week has been, you know, what I've seen is the model for success. But in the playoff blitz, you may want to take teams that are going to lose, right? Because you think, all right, this team's going to lose. Maybe the quarterback's going to have to throw a lot, so that is going to add to their fantasy value. Yeah, it's the wide really receivers will be worth a lot. And if they've lost and you've burned the players, that's great because. 
you can then move on to the winning team and take their players the following week. Yeah, so say like uh, you put a, a whole bunch of players on Seattle in the fantasy playoff challenge. Well, in that case, you wouldn't be doing so well now, even though you got points uh, this past week, you're not going to get any in subsequent weeks. But in the playoff blitz, if you got like three players from Seattle, they scored you a bunch of points, that's exactly what you want because it's going to redraft each uh, round, right? Um. Yes, yes, you can reset each round, uh, except for, I mean, you don't really draft because it's just you and all the players well, available. Well, you're drafting for yourself, but sure. uh, yeah, so in your individual player pool, which is every player in the playoffs, uh, you, you're able to pick any of those players that have not been eliminated. That's really neat because then you're kind of going after those teams that you think will be eliminated yeah. so that you can pick the next ones in the subsequent rounds. So the strategy there is, uh, is really uh, multifaceted. That's interesting. Yeah, I think it's a pretty cool way. Uh, Sean, do you do anything else in the playoffs for fantasy football? Uh, so, <clears throat> other, I mean, we're going to get into it in just a moment with the gambling. Uh, just uh, yeah. I have a like a confidence pool in the playoffs. Okay, um, very nice. Other than that, mostly I play the DFS. I think it would be fun to get in. I think I like the idea of the playoff blitz. Yeah, that sounds really fun. Where you're picking, I mean, again, you're trying probably to target teams that are going to lose just because. Certainly early on, yeah. I like that kind of strategy. But then maybe you might take a team with a really good matchup instead. You know, you might look at, uh, you know, okay, well, I, I, I want to avoid the teams playing the good defense this week, even though, uh, you know. Well, or, the concept or, is you're going to play, you you're gonna play the players next once. Week. So if you're going to play right. the players once, you're going to play them in, in the in the, the uh, in the situation in which they're going to score the most points. Yes. But that's really cool. That adds so many layers I hadn't thought of before. So that's, that's really neat. Yeah, yeah, we might have to try this out next year in a smaller mm-hmm. format. So we did uh, sort of break into the gambling options here. And the confidence pool um, is a lot like we have in the regular season. In fact, uh, we have a column each week by our buddy Tad uh, on the site, and he gives us the confidence picks. And he calls his picks every Thursday, and he wound up uh, winning the season-long point total this year. Well, in, in, our, in, our league. in our specific league that's about uh, 25 people or something like that, yeah, we... we Heartily endorse Tad Bukowski as our, our confidence expert, and he's been doing it for years now. And uh, since he's joined the league, the confidence league that we're in, um, he has done very well or won it. And so there's really no reason for me to not be taking his picks every week now. Yeah. I, I take them like in spite of him. I'm like, but I will beat you, and I don't. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> so we also do it in the playoffs, and when you do it in the playoffs, all you're doing then is ranking all the teams from 12 down to 1. 12 being the most confident, and whenever they win, you're going to go ahead and get that many points. So uh, we use a site to administer this called runyourpool.com. I suggest that if you want to set up one of these leagues. There is a charge for hosting a league. Dave, what is it, like $25 or something like that, $30? Yeah, it depends on how many people are playing in the specific leagues. They have a lot of different options, some of which we've never done, uh, that are pretty cool. And at the end of this year, they just redid their site so that there's a whole bunch of new options and reporting and stuff that you can see. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that because I actually didn't, enable it in our league because i was afraid that people would be like what's happened you know so we'll do it for next year but there's a lot of really cool new stuff that they put in there so if you want to be uh um 
have like some unique kinds of ways to do gambling pools where you're picking teams or um, or anything that ha- doesn't have to do with specific individual players, that site is fantastic. Yep, they also do con- uh, con- survivor pools during the regular season there. Um, that's where I host my survivor pool. Um, it's good, you know, I like that site. Um, so you can also do squares. I think even Run Your Pool might do square sheets. Yep, they do square sheets as yeah. well. Uh, you can always, These are easy to make up on your own, though. You just make up a sheet with either 25 or 100 squares and try to sell them all. Um, so th- it's purely random uh, in terms of winning. So it, it's very uh, well suited for a party or something like that. It could be not random. There are some uh, square sheets where you actually sign up for it and the numbers are already there. But instead of being random, then you're just uh, um, kind of cheating being the first people to sign up for squares. Right, exactly. Yeah, any any uh, <laughs> any square sheet that already has the numbers on, you can pick where you're yeah. putting your name. You're like, not, I'll not take seven right and th- I'll take seven and four. It's fine. <laughs> seven and zero. You can have no. a square sheet draft where you have a hundred squares committed, and then you decide where you're going to put your name. Oh man! No, so I like I like the blank sheet. You randomly put your name in, and then it's got to be random. All the numbers. numbers. Yeah. I still I still prefer to gamble in ways where you know you you have some skill involved. Than, some say the outcome. Squares, but if you're doing squares, they, you shouldn't be able to see what the the scores are before you. put I your agree. Name. Everyone sure. everyone should have the same uh, the same uh, variability with with the possibility of winning there. So you can spice it up a little bit. There's crazy squares, which will change and pay out every time the score changes. So it's um, just ADD squares. It, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds really interesting. I'm going to be in on a sheet like that this year. <laughs> uh, and then there's also bigger pools. I'm on one of those as well, where it pays out neighboring squares or reversals of the point total each quarter. So, um, you know, if you wind up on a sheet that's like 100 bucks a square, sometimes they do stuff like that. Okay. Um, so then you go, you got your traditional betting. So um, the Supreme Court re- repealed uh, PASPA. I don't know all the details, but I do know that basically there was a law saying that you couldn't bet on sports, and now that has been repealed, and individual states can start um, creating laws allowing people and allowing sports books to open up. Which is great. So, for example, in in Illinois, uh, that's going to start to be legal at some point, yes? Hopefully. I I think that they're they're trying to shortcut the legal marijuana before the legal sports betting. <laughs> anything, anything to give the state more they're going, money. They're going, yeah. yeah, I think the marijuana will profit a little bit bigger. Although you know, uh, gambling. I don't know, man. All the bookies would have taken a, a ton of money on the uh, Bears losing this. Is week. there some way we can combine marijuana and gambling together at once? Yes, it's called Las Vegas. Ah, Las Vegas. Yes. Cheers to you, Las Vegas. Um, so uh, there are a lot of new states where the sports betting is available, but if you don't happen to live in one of those states, there are a few websites online uh, that may or may not be legal where you live. Uh, places like Nitrogen Sports, which is a Bitcoin sports book, or Bovada, which is a more traditional sports book that you just deposit, you know, U.S. dollars into. I can't imagine Bitcoin sports book. That's like you're gambling before you even start gambling. So you're literally winning a bet but losing it because the value went down of the Bitcoin. Like, this is a terrible thing. You know, I I, I was on Nitrogen Sports this year. I threw $100 in Bitcoin on there. And for, you know, eight weeks of the season, the price of Bitcoin didn't fluctuate more than 2 or 3%. And it's fine, uh, you know. But then Bitcoin dropped in value by like 40%. (laughs) And all of a sudden, the money that I had left was like funny money. And it's like, well, screw it now. The twenty dollars was only eight dollars eventually, 
and uh, it's just a double. It's a double doink there. You know, it's uh, it's definitely it's, it's, it's definitely Cody Parkey style there. <laughs> I mean, since it was tipped, was it actually a triple doink? I mean, I think it was a triple doink. It's a tip doink doink. It was a it was a tip doink doink. Yeah. yeah so the TDD uh, is not the same as a TD because the TDs yeah. were seven points. The TDD is worth zero. Actually, uh, it's a season ender. It's a season ender. So we'll actually look at the uh, <laughs> odds for all the games this weekend and uh, place a wager on that. But the, you can do you can do futures on these, and there's a few interesting futures. You can actually pick the matchup of the Super Bowl and how the Super Bowl will will play out. So you can say like, I want to bet on Saints beating the Chiefs, and that's like plus four hundred or whatever. Um, so, anyways, right now you got futures. You got the Saints at plus two fifty, the Chiefs and Rams at plus four hundred. Cowboys are the longest remaining odds. They're plus eighteen hundred. Uh, you guys agree with the betting public that the Saints are the favorite to win the Super Bowl? Um, well, we can talk about that in a little bit. I, I think that they're the favorite to win this game that they're currently in. They they are definitely the favorite <laughs> to win this I would, game. I would agree, but I mean, apparently everyone believes Nick Foles somehow is undefeatable. It, you know he's invincible in the playoffs. That's, if you believe that, they're the the futures bet on that is pretty high. Still. That's like everyone believing oh, Tootsie oh, Rolls. I, Eating Tootsie I Rolls puts you to heaven. It's it doesn't it's a it doesn't make any sense. That I mean I don't, I've never heard that before. <laughs> well, I've just introduced it now. Perhaps you know Tootsie Roll heaven, right? Yeah. So I mean okay. I, I am not a believer that Nick Foles is going to win another Super Bowl. Uh, but yeah, some people believe he can do oh, no Sean. wrong. The so Eagles the are problem, plus twelve hundred right now. The problem is Bovada. because Sean just said that his odds just changed. <laughs> I'm still bitter that the Eagles cost me our playoff confidence pool last year. So that's, oh man, that's probably where it comes from. Look, I'm sure that the Eagles cost a lot of people uh, some money. A lot of not money, just, not just you. <laughs> no one who expects uh, the Spanish Nick Foles to uh, <laughs> biggest dickest Nick Foles. Oh my god! But it, it's possible. I mean, anything's possible. It's possible. You just be biggest nickus. But let's be honest. I don't think that they go. We'll talk about this in a bit. But I don't think they go through this round. So I agree. If we all agree, they're totally gonna win. Yeah. I mean, yes. at this point, whatever we agree on is just gonna be the opposite. All right. Bring in Shaq. Shazam. I'm always waiting for the drums in the song that never comes. You wait for the drop, there is no drop. Where's the Skrillex in here or somewhere? But there is a theme for you to figure out. That's the drop, Jason, by the way. It dropped. It dropped. Alright, let's move on to the playoff picks. You want to take this one, Dave? Okay, so opening weekend had three teams go on the road and upset the home teams. We're looking at the remaining teams of the playoffs and making our picks. Uh, betting on the line t- tonight, uh, Sean, Jason, for the division games. And then we're going to share our picks for the teams that we think are going to make their way to the Super Bowl. And what I mean by that is is I want us to actually be picking the teams that go to the Super Bowl and the winner of the Super Bowl. And so I don't want to spend too much time talking about the road to, but we'll kind of determine that by our picks here and in, in what we're talking about right now. Okay. So divisional round, 
it's a set bracket now, so it's easy to figure out. We already have a bet, I think, that's uh, that's uh, existing, and we didn't go over this before the show, unfortunately. But regardless of whether or not we we do have a current bet, we're gonna, I think, go out and do something like the two losers uh, of this particular bet need to buy dinner or food, whatever it is, for the winner. And if we do have a current bet, then it's going to be uh, like wrapped into that. Is that is that okay with you guys? I'm fine with that. Yeah, there's a brewery that we are set to go to. So there is a brewery uh, from last year. So then before did, we'll just catch a, a, meal. a brewery like in the West Loop or something did like that. Did we choose a specific brewery? That, that was that's what was written down on my thing. Uh, I forget the name of the beer. Well, we can deal with that offline, but but uh, we can do dinner or snack or whatever, food before or after. And so the point is the two losers here are going to buy the, the winner whatever they want. Does that make sense? Whatever they want. Yeah. They're going to get the slab of meat from the Flintstones that knocks the car over. That's, okay. that's what I'm going to Whatever they for. want, $20 or less. Like you can't have a $50 surf and turf entree, right? It's sure. twenty bucks. <laughs> sure, it's a gentleman's sure. bet here. Just twenty bucks is the it's max fair. entree price. But yeah, wh- whatever they want to eat, that's so that, reasonable. That slab of meat is off the table. Well, unless you get like a half serving of that slab of meat. That's only twenty. You bucks. Can get like beef ribs. <laughs> that's a giant. That looks like brontosaurus ribs. It depends where we go. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. We'll figure that part out later. But the important part is this. So we're going to talk about the divisional round, Saturday and Sunday games. So we've got four games to talk about. And we have the line for each of those games. And so you have to bet on one of those teams. And the way we'll do the tiebreaker will be on the last game. So the Eagles versus the Saints. We'll talk about the uh, total points. After we do everything else, we'll just go ahead and do uh, what's become traditional here on the broadcast, which is uh, one, two, three, say a number, and Jason will write them down. (laughs) All right. Fantastic. Got the rules? Sure. Okay, so clockwise, starting with Jason and moving one uh, to the my right uh, every single time, we're going to start with the Indianapolis Colts on Saturday, who are the uh, sixth seed in the playoffs versus the Kansas City Chiefs, number one seed. Uh, and it's at Kansas City, Kansas City uh, minus five. So you get to choose if you think uh, that it's going to be Chiefs or Colts. Casey minus five. It's a, it's a seemingly low line The Colts have me. been good, though. The Chiefs don't have a great defense. The Colts have been very good. Um, but I'm going to stick with the home team here. I'll take Kansas City minus five because I love the stat that the last 12 years – I'm sorry, since 2012, so uh, that was the last time it didn't happen. Since 2012. The teams making the Super Bowl never had to play an away game. Okay. So, I think Kansas City's making the Super Bowl this year. KC minus so, five. Sean? I, are, we, are we not putting that rolling over-under pick into this, too? Uh, no, we'll no. just we'll, we'll pick all four of the lines, and it should be different enough that we all have a different combination of picks. I would think so. And if not, we'll have well, the tiebreaker. Well, I, uh, I definitely also like the Chiefs in this game. Um, I think they cover the five points, but this is going to be an interesting game for sure. The Colts looked way better in the first round than I expected them to. I agree. I happen to really like the Colts, and I think that it's going to be closer than anyone expects, or perhaps even an upset. Six versus one is always go Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes is is really difficult with the level of talent on that team to argue against. However, without Kareem Hunt, with, uh, with some other issues that are on the field, uh, I I just think that the Colts might be that uh, fairy tale team, or at the very least, making it closer than you guys think. So I'll go with the Colts. 
All right, so you've got Indy plus five. We got Indy minus five. Uh, next game is Dallas at Los Angeles. The line is seven points for the Rams. Uh, Sean, yeah, I think you'll start that one. Who do you um, like, uh, Dallas uh, with the seven or the Rams giving up the seven? I mean, how many times has Dallas lost by more than seven this year? <laughs> That's like a good one? question. Yeah, like they probably kept I, everything very close. The Colts, the Colts hammered them late in the season, but I think other than that, every game was probably a one-possession game one way or the other. Uh, I mean, that's the way it kind of felt with Dallas for a lot of the year. Um, I'm going to take the points. I think the Rams are going to win this game, but I'm, I'm going to take the points um, and say Dallas to cover. All right. So you got Dallas covering. Well, they don't have to cover anything. Right. So I'll take Dallas with the Dallas seven Dallas plus points. seven. Yeah. I don't have numlock on. I've lost my place. All right, Dave, how do you think this game is going to go? I agree. I think the Rams uh, show the Cowboys that they should not be in the playoffs this season. So you think that the Rams, you, you're given the points? You're taking L.A. minus seven? Yes. If I if, Okay. Right, isn't that the case if I take the Rams? I don't usually bet Well, you said I agree, but Sean took Dallas plus seven. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Rams. L.A.R. minus seven. Got to remember to throw that R in there nowadays. Yep, LAR. Because the other LA team is in there still, too. LAC. I even put San Diego on this list. So, I, Cowboys are Rams. forever the Chargers, the for San you. Diego Chargers to me. Um, so, boy, this is a tough one. That's a big number, uh, seven points, but I don't. I, I just have faith in the Sean McVay system, and I think that Dallas definitely can lose by more than seven or at least seven um just to sean's point um no, they I did just, get I, shut out by the cowboy by the colts i did just look it up that was their worst but other of, than that of their six losses only two were by less than they by seven yeah huh, the colts huh hmm. hmm but i just don't have any faith <laughs> in the clapper they lost to the titans uh so i'm gonna go with the rams minus seven as well I'm going home teams right now, guys. All right, next, uh, Dave, you're going to start us off. Yeah, Chargers uh, are the five seed, and uh, this this means increasingly less, but it still means some in the divisional round to me anyway. Uh, and New England Patriots as the number two. Uh, this is at New England, and New England minus four. I know that, that most people are going to take New England. I think that this might be Phillip Rivers' year, and I know that that's a weird thing to say. Um, he has so many kids. <laughs> so many kids. <laughs> this is a rematch of a game from like 12 years ago when Rivers played uh, with a torn ACL. I take the Chargers. He had not nearly as many kids back then. I take the Chargers to beat the Patriots or at least, you know, not lose by more than four. Yeah, this is the um, this is the lowest line of the week. Um, and I got to say, I think that I mean, I would probably take the Chargers in a money line bet here. I think that they're going to win outright against the Patriots. So I'll definitely take the points here and the Chargers for four. I'm going to have to disagree with both you guys. It is never Phillip Rivers' year. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he has so many kids. I think this, yeah, yeah that's, uh, you know, you know he's, been, he's been blessed with so many children, he'll never be blessed with a playoff you know, success, apparently. Uh, but um, I do think that, um, I think this is gonna be a really tough game for New England, but I think they cover and I think they win. Okay. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are are sleeping on them, thinking this isn't the same Patriots team that we've seen in years past, and I kind of agree with that. But they find a way in the playoffs, don't they? 
And Sean supports New England. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got the Eagles traveling down to the Superdome in I, New I Orleans. Don't, I don't disagree. It just it you know it has to end at some point, and it, it seems like this it's coming to an end. It, we'll we, see. <laughs> Dave, have you learned anything from the lesson of Frank Gore? No, Frank 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 Gore. <laughs> the legend of Frank it Gore has to end at some point. The legend of Frank Gore goes on even after the Patriots. He, I mean, he followed the trail that Ponce de Leon set to find the fountain of That's youth exactly down right. in Florida. That's exactly right. <laughs> he was Ponce de Leon's pupil back in uh, back in college. <laughs> yeah, where where did Frank Gore action. go to college? Uh, he went to the U, Miami. Yeah, exactly. That's so right. down there in Florida was the fountain of youth. Duh. That's right. <laughs> All right, so uh, the line on the last game is the biggest of the weekend, New Orleans Saints by eight. Um, so we get the Eagles, who are the sixth seed that shouldn't have even been in the playoffs because the Bears should have chosen the correct opponent in, eh. the, line, in the Vikings. Eagles and Bears. They both didn't deserve to make it very far in the playoffs. So. You're probably right. <laughs> Anyways, um, i got to take the Eagles and the points here. I know that Eagles when and they... The points. Wow. When they played earlier in the year, it was like forty-eight to seven. But this is going to be a much closer game. In fact, I think that the Saints are going to win, but it's going to be like a Will Lutz field goal. When they give the you end. eight points, it's like eight points. I mean, that's more than a touchdown. It's it's a lot. It's a lot, especially in a playoff game. What are you thinking, Sean? Um, I I agree with Jason. Yeah. I mean, I I what? really would love to see the Saints win this by like, twenty plus. But they can win by six and it's still, you know, not be covering. Yeah, I mean, with with again with the the track record of of Foles and the Eagles in the playoffs in the last two years, how can you not take eight points? That's a lot of points to not take. They're going to win by thirty, aren't they? I hope so. <laughs> I honestly, I'm going to take the Eagles and the points and hope I'm wrong. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take the Saints and say that there's no way the Eagles can even make this close. But the Saints have everybody out there and Sean Payton saying, uh, like, this this isn't going to go on forever. We're going to beat the shit out of the Eagles. It's the least we can do. Right. I mean, after, <laughs> I'm hopeful that like, after watching what Allen Robinson did last weekend, that Michael Thomas has 15 catches. Oh, you they know their, their defensive backs aren't, aren't even able to cover any wide receivers. They cannot Michael cover Thomas Michael is going to have, like, 15 receptions for 300 yards. Right. <laughs> Okay, so are we good? Uh, are we good enough to not have to worry about a tiebreaker, or do we need one? Um, I'm pretty sure we were kind of widespread here. Yeah, I mean, you and I have two of the same picks. Uh, let's not waste the the screen the airtime. Let's just do it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, total, uh, this is total um, points in the Philadelphia Eagles New Orleans Saints game. Uh, you guys ready to say a number? We're gonna go three, two, one, number. I'm ready. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Jason, want to count? Three, two, one. 46. 48. Okay. What did we say? I said 48. I said 46. That's what I heard. And he said 50? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Poor Sean. <laughs> Stuck in oh, the I'm middle. A, I'm hitting that on the nose. Dave. All right. All right. That 27-21 final is going to be real good. Did we get that points? <laughs> All right. So do we want to sort of project what we think the championship matchup is going to well, be? Well, we do. And, and let's go ahead and start with uh, Jason. What I'm looking for is not the championship match, like I said earlier, but yeah. the Super Bowl. So oh, okay. who gets the Super Bowl and who wins the Super Bowl according to Jason? I feel like this is a uh, – some people might – look, I, I, I believe in the chalk here. And I think that it's going to be the Chiefs versus the Saints. Okay. And I think the Chiefs pull this out. They have come very close in all of the big games that they've played this year. Sure, um, they've they've won a lot. Obviously, they're the, like the number one seed in the AFC, um, and they've played a lot of big games against important teams, against other really good teams. They've come very close in most of those games. A little bit of cleaning up 
uh, the turnover game and a little bit better defense is all they need to go over the top because that offense with Patrick Mahomes is transcendent. You're good. So Chiefs win in a Chiefs Saints Super Bowl. And Sean? Uh, I think we get a rematch of the game that really started Tom Brady's legacy. I think we get Patriots Rams. Patriots Rams. Wow. I like Patriots Rams, and I think the Rams get them this time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, so none of us have the same Super Bowl. I like the Chargers Rams. I think the Rams are the kind of the, the new team over there to continue to do well year over year, at least for the next couple. And uh, I think the Chargers have one last push, and I think the Chargers win the Super Bowl, and Philip Rivers retires. Interesting. To have three more kids. <laughs> at least three more kids. Oh, man. He that needs poor woman. Three to five kids. Like there's a, I don't know, there's a range. <laughs> does he there's, have? Does he have multiple wives? Does there he have multiple is no wives? high end of that range. It could just keep going. There's no How many rivers are there? There's a lot of rivers in the United States. Like, let's be honest. Is he trying to have one kid for every actual geographic river? Well, maybe, maybe. Nah. That, he's never going to be done with that. Oh boy, unbelievable! He'll, he'll never stop trying. Good little list we got here. Well, this song is underwhelming to me. <laughs> Are you not a Fleetwood Mac fan, Dave? Give me some, give me some distortion or something here. Sorry. Let's play some James Taylor next. Yeah. <laughs> there's lots of distortion in that. Did you do any? Did you do any collaborations with Peter Frampton? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Oh, wow! 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 So I appreciate you guys uh, giving giving all those wonderful picks out. Uh, I'd love to uh, start this next section of the podcast with all the craziness that has been uh, surrounding the the head coaches and the turmoil uh, with all of that. So that said, I, I think uh, Jason has some things prepared, and there's a couple of new news items that just popped up, but they're not really that important necessarily to to what we're referring to. Have you seen those? You want me to read them, Jay? Um, I mean. After Adam Gase? Yes. Oh, goodness. So so Mike McCarthy will not coach in 2019. Okay. He was only interested in the Jets job, went to Adam Gase. He says, not going to do it. Uh, wouldn't be prudent at this juncture. Wouldn't Mike, be prudent. Mike McCarthy started doing a George Bush accent in the vein of Dana Carvey. Can't do it. In the vein of Dana Carvey. And... Uh, <laughs> Not uh, do it. Vance Joseph is a strong possibility to uh, serve as Adam Gase's defensive coordinator. These are blurbs from Roto World, so I have the actual uh, um, uh, uh, place documented. But originally they came from Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport. So those two don't really screw with, uh, I think, the preparation you already had. But it's interesting news because it means Mike McCarthy's gone. Well, I mean, he had said before Gase got named that the only job he was still interested in was the Jets. Jets. And Vance Joseph, who we talked about um, just recently tonight about maybe becoming a head coach, is uh, apparently uh, going to probably end up as a defensive coordinator for the Jets. Uh, Well, the report here says that he's a strong candidate to be the new – oh, under Adam Gase because he got signed. Got it. 
<laughs> Let's start over from the top on my list, at least. From the top. Then I'll be less lost. So this was composed about five hours ago, and half of it is obsolete already. It is not. Let's try this again. <laughs> Let's try this anyway. It is a, a time of fluctuation right now. So sure. uh, one of the biggest jobs that was available this year uh, is the Packers job. They fired Mike McCarthy after the unforgivable offense of losing to the Cardinals at home. Um, and, and I think that they were just looking for excuse. This was probably something that was coming, right? Mike McCarthy I mean, moving on. Don't forget they also got swept by the Lions. No, the Packers did a yeah, lot of bad things. But McCarthy's only responsible for one of those losses. <laughs> True. So so they had to get him out of there because it wasn't working, and they had a conflict with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was not happy, and you keep the king happy. Which is probably the number one reason, Exactly. Really. So earlier this week, the Pack hired Matt LaFleur, who was most recently the offensive coordinator for the Titans. Does he have a flappy head? As we know, I do not believe he is Canadian. Okay. As we know, the 2018 Titans didn't inspire very much uh, on offense anyways. They weren't that great on defense either, but... Uh, they did have Derrick Henry, who had a great finish to the season, um, but I don't know that, who knows what will happen, uh, if that can translate over. What we do know is that LaFleur does have a good history uh, in terms of young, hot guy, young, hot coaches. Hashtag I, young, hot guys. <laughs> yeah. That's what's that's coming what, out of your mouth over there. looking for it, coach oh. now. I mean, yeah, you know, they, the Green Bay they, Packers need some hashtag young, hot guys. Uh, Matt LaFleur is a big guy, buddy. We're looking for young, hot guys out there. Right? I don't know. Could we find any? Maybe a great man Packers. It's really close to Canada. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure about you, guy. <laughs> Took that to a very South Park direction. There. No, 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 no. You, what, what you're saying is true. They're looking for, they're looking for some coaches or, or some... Uh, Basically, uh, anybody who's touched Sean McVay is a coaching candidate. Right oh, my now. God, dude. <laughs> So, uh, Matt LaFleur was the offensive coordinator in 2017 with the Rams, uh, but obviously we all think that McVay pretty much ran that offense, but he learned there, and that's important. Does that does that mean that LaFleur has touched uh, uh, McVay? McCarthy? Or uh, Sean McVay? Probably not McCarthy. That would be bad luck. <laughs> I feel like... Sean McVay is all you need. You, you just need to have had a beer with him at some point in your life. Yeah, at this point, obviously, the coaching carousel it looks like Sean McVay's a lucky rabbit's foot. I really, <laughs> I, I really like that. It's fun to watch. Like, if you were able to uh, draw it, like put it into some kind of a chart and see uh, basically uh, how the the coaching trees work and where they all are now. Two years uh, in, Sean McVay has his own coaching tree. Yeah, it's crazy. And <laughs> well, and you know, like Andy, it's Reed more like is, a bush because it just goes sideways. Andy Reid's one of the most respected because uh, he's had a lot of success. And yeah. a lot of those people have branched off and make their own trees. But, uh, but yeah, Sean McVay being so young, but still having this very firm trunk, I think, at this point. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, it's fun, kind of funny, too. So the big, the big thing that people are pointing out today with regard to that is McVay still hasn't won a playoff game as a head coach. Right. And he hasn't yet. Um, but I do think this is the right direction for these teams to take to hire an offensive-minded head coach. I think hiring somebody who we've seen fail um, – has been kind of the old way of doing things. Let's just keep retreading the same terrible coaches. Yeah. Um, I'd rather a team take a shot on somebody who has some innovative ideas that's not, you know, the same same old thing. Um, because if it doesn't work, you can cut bait in a couple of years. And if it does work, you look like a genius for hiring this young guy that is right. thinking outside the box. Yes. What they really need here is for Rodgers to buy into the system. Um, and LaFleur is going to retain Mike Pettin as the DC on the team. Um, so it is definitely the sort of like they have a very clear power structure 
installed in Green Bay now, and Mike McCarthy uh, being removed from it means like you're going to have very specific roles for everybody rather than someone who is in charge of a lot of things. Yeah, I think the biggest the biggest issue that they had in Green Bay with McCarthy was that Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy had very different ideas on how the offense should be run, and rather than collaborate, McCarthy would send in the play, and Aaron Rodgers would audible to something different if he didn't like it. <laughs> well, not only that, but but Rodgers was discount double check, and McCarthy said one time only. All we need is one time. <laughs> I think uh, I think the the big key is going to be you don't need this- to double check. No, the big key to making this work is be whether how well Lafleur and Rodgers work together. If they can collaborate with one another and be on the same page offensively. I heard McCarthy went with Allstate. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably he probably did. Liberty, uh, he, liberty, liberty. He thought he was in good hands, but he did not discount double check. Um, but but again, <laughs> he's making chicken parm sandwiches with Peyton Manning now. Yes, chicken yeah. parm. It tastes so good. But um, like I said, as long as as long as Lafleur and Rodgers are on the same page, the Packers probably go right back to being a playoff team next year because they've got some young pieces that they've drafted on well, defense. They've perennially kind of been together. good, and they're still good. It's just I, I think uh, they've had a bad defense for a lot of the last five years. Or no, so. I but mean they it, still make the playoffs. So they're sure. still good. They're still above average all the NFL like constantly since the seventies. Yeah, it's, sure. it's been an incredible kind of above averageness. It's great. It's like uh, it's like how the Snickers bar is always just that much better than every other candy bar you can buy at the grocery store. Uh, uh, you know, little thoroughfare. <laughs> sure. um, we should we should kind of fly through these. So sure. Jason, do your best, and and, and Sean and I will uh, will chime in afterwards. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got rid of their coach. Who give me who who was the that old was coach? Dirk Cutter. Dirk Cutter now gone back to his old job as the offensive coordinator in Atlanta. So. Little side note on that, I think that really helps the Atlanta offense, which has been struggling the last couple of years. Yeah, he's not Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan was Shanahan was the records. one who really did a lot there. I think I agree though. I think he's and a better Matt Lafleur was the quarterback coach at that time. Anyways, back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, their defense was terrible this year. They couldn't decide on a quarterback to play. Uh, they kept jumping back and forth, so they needed to make big changes. Uh, Bruce Arians is coming out of retirement to move to retirement heaven, which is Tampa, Florida. Um, so he had a year left. This was interesting. Uh, since he retired with a year left on his contract, uh, the Cardinals still own the rights to him, so they traded him for a sixth-round pick. I think and a seventh-round pick for a sixth-round pick back. I think it's great. <laughs> I also think that Arians Coach is, trades. I also think Arians is worth, uh, worth a fifth-round pick, so, you know. Oh, not just a pick <laughs> swap, even. Um, so, you know... He's he's an older it's the guy, facial but hair. it's worth his, a lot of picks. In in the hat game is top notch. Good hat game. So his like style, I feel, fits with the new NFL. He always takes a lot of chances. Um, he did that in Pittsburgh when he was the OC there. He did that with Kurt Warner in uh, in Arizona. So I, I think that or no, that wasn't him. That was um, Carson Palmer. What's the what do they say? Risk yeah. it, risk it, or no biscuit? Yeah, you got to risk it to get the biscuit. Risk it to get the biscuit. The yeah, yeah. Um, yeah okay. you're right. With with, <laughs> with Arians, they're gonna have super aggressive offense, and with Bowles coming with them, they're gonna have a super aggressive defense. Um, yeah, really, Bowles will not be taking the Chicago job, which uh, was speculated on for about an hour this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, he will be in Tampa, um, and I think obviously is very good for most of the offensive pieces for Tampa. Yeah, agreed. Good for Jameis because I think his play style fits with what Arians wants to do. He just they've needs got to a cut great down. wide receiver core. He needs to cut down on the pitch. Well, they're going to lose Deshaun Jackson. He wants out. I don't really count him as part of the great receiver sure. core. Well, I mean, they're, well, they're going to lose Adam Humphreys too. So it's Mike Evans, Evans and Godwin. Mike should Evans, be really Chris good. Godwin, Godwin, and then you've and got the two. If you count OJ Howard, in you've that got as the well. two tight ends that are playing well as well. I, they've I got good pass catchers. I think the big the big opportunity there for 
fantasy upside is going to be whoever ends up being the starting running back because I don't know that that person's on the roster. No, right I now. totally agree. That's it, true. It, I that, agree with you. It, it could be Le'Veon Bell. It could be someone who's drafted. It could be someone who's acquired. Le'Veon that, Bell, Dave. That would be amazing. Well, Tampa I'm, Bay has the ability to take him right now that, with their got the salary room. cap. That was a team okay. that I really was hopeful would end up with Saquon last year. I thought that was the one hole they had was running back, and Ronald Jones was not. Well, as we may Saquon. mention later, or if not later, then a piece on the site, uh, drink5.com, there are uh, a number of running backs in this upcoming draft, well, not as strong of a class as uh, last year's, for example, could certainly uh, bring in uh, some good talent to a team like Tampa Bay. Yep. So they're also uh, going to be bringing Byron Leftwich in from Arizona, and that's, he's going to be the offensive coordinator now. So he seems to be moving up the coaching ladder. And I, I think it's pretty safe to say that Arians will be grooming him to be his replacement. Arians is in his mid-60s. He's not going to be there forever. I think Leftwich is probably the succession plan once Arians is done for good. Alrighty. so speaking of the team that Byron Leftwich just left, the Arizona Cardinals – fired Steve Wilkes after just one year, which is kind of rare. You don't usually usually get a head coach at least a couple years um, when you hire them. He was bad. It was a terrible situation. Offensively. He they was did. a defensive coach. Defense was pretty good, though. Yeah, but it wasn't even good enough to keep him around. And they just drafted a rookie quarterback, and they had nobody there to develop him. So I think it's important uh, that they moved on from Wilkes in order to protect their pick. Yeah. And Rosen can be good. And so they picked up Cliff Kingsbury, who was the coach at Texas Tech from 2013 up until this year, 18, when he was let go. Uh, he took the job as the UFC, USC offensive coordinator uh, at the end of the college football season and I assume didn't really do anything for them because one month later he is now the coach of the Arizona Cardinals. So, Sean, what do you know as our rookie guy about Cliff Kingsbury? I was much more interested when you said UFC, by the way. The UFC. It went back. That way too many. Like offensive coordinator of the UFC. I'm like, all right, yeah. they, the offense yeah. is pretty good there. They're they're punching it's and most, kicking. And it's pretty much all offense. It was it pretty would, good. It would be an odd combination of <laughs> of interests to go from football to UFC. Although Herschel yeah. Walker's done it. So, uh, no, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Um, so he is basically right off of the Mike Leach coaching trees. So okay, there's the tree. We have a picture behind us now of the tree. Jess is actually drawing for, it. On the we need the NFL coaching forest. For people who don't know Mike Leach, um, if you don't watch any college football, Mike Leach basically invented the air raid offense, essentially, where you spread the field, four wide receivers, and you throw it on almost every play. Yeah. Quick hitters to these wide – I mean, just this wide-open offense. Um, I'm expecting something similar to that from Arizona. It's going to be great for Josh Rosen's fantasy outlook. Uh, it's going to be good for David Johnson, too, because running backs, if they have a good one, will catch a lot of passes in that and offense. And he's good at catching passes. And then the for Christian Kirk. and Christian for... Arrow way up on Kirk, Rosen, yeah. and David Johnson. And they're obviously... I could see Larry wanting to play for a year in that offense. Sure. And I think they're going to have to go out and get more receivers. They don't have enough talent on there to just... Antonio Four wides today. Uh, why not? Let's go. I mean, I don't know if they'll get Brown, but this I think is pure fantasy football. We're talking here. I don't know if they'll get Brown, but they'll probably draft a receiver or two. Think, think about that salary cap. Maybe he'll go over and hang out with Arians. Um, the biggest, the big uh, question mark. That would be King- a hell of a receiver card. The big question with Kingsbury is who do they get to play to be defensive coordinator? Because that was his undoing in Texas Tech because they didn't play any defense. Yeah, I saw um, the the chart. It was like how good his offense was each year and how good the defense was. The defense was never better than like 80th. But the offense was never worse than, like, 20th. And if you're on a team like the Cardinals right now where you don't have uh, as many offensive pieces as you need, especially uh, through the air, then you're going to be a bad team unless you can uh, recover that defensive side. I believe he had the second-best offense the year that he had a guy named Patrick Mahomes as quarterback. 
Yeah, he did have Mahomes. So he knows what to do to score points with that kind of talent. He did also run Baker Mayfield out of Texas Tech. Well, that's Baker, one, one, other, one negative. Baker is an interesting player, and uh, he's doing well. In fact, speaking of Baker's team, Hugh Jackson of the Browns was let go earlier this year in order to let Cleveland win. That's all they needed to do was win. So Hugh Jackson did win two games this year, which doubled his win total over the past two years. I think the Browns, but that have, still wasn't enough. I think the Browns could have won more games if they had not had no head coach over the past couple of years. I concur. <laughs> yeah, I mean for for Hugh, I mean apparently. Getting you know football guys and uh, you know establishing a culture. You don't sit in this seat, Sean. You don't know what it's like in this seat. There are apparently more important things than <laughs> winning football games. Which uh, getting Hugh out of the way is all they need to do. You literally could have put uh, you know a stuffed animal in his seat, and they'd have won more games than with Hugh in the seat. I think. Yeah, Puka would have won a lot more games yeah. than Hugh Jackson. So what ended up happening in Cleveland uh, during the season, they promoted uh, defensive coordinator Greg Williams to interim coach. They also fired uh, their offensive coordinator and promoted Freddie Kitchens to OC. Um, that fired OC, by the way, was our broy bro, Todd Haley, pulled uh, out for him. I, I, I have to say, he did he did really well as, a, as kind of an offensive coordinator on, on both the Chiefs and the Steelers, so I'm sure he'll fall somewhere somewhere good. I'm sure that he will land somewhere just fine. But thank God he doesn't have a coaching position because he's not a good coach. Well, if another one of these defensive <laughs> guys gets a head coaching job, that's a perfect like candidate to take over it really is. someone's offense. Yeah. Um, so once uh, the Browns finished 5-2, and two, which is great. And I think a lot of that had to do with turning the offense around. Now, they're going to retain um, – I'm sorry, they're not going to retain Greg Williams. They did go ahead and promote uh, – Kitchens, too, head coach. I think that it was official as of yesterday. Yep. I don't know who they're going to hire as defensive coordinator yet. This going to be really important because they had a great defense this year. And you don't want to have too much of a drop-off on that because they have a lot of young talent on there right now. Miles Garrett is you know, probably one of the best linemen that doesn't get talked about. And uh, who was the corner that they drafted this year, fourth overall? Uh, Denzel Ward. Yeah, he played great when he wasn't hurt. So yeah, no, they have they had a very good core of defensive players for sure. Yeah. Um and, and you know, with Greg Williams, you're not gonna retain a guy when he gets leapfrogged by someone who's on his staff. I mean, he was the interim head coach. You can't hire the offensive coordinator to be the new head coach and, and keep then, Greg Williams. And then give someone a demotion. The yeah, same, no, you're the right. same thing happened with San Francisco when Fangio was the defensive coordinator and they hired Jim Tom Sula, who was the defensive line coach, to be the head coach. You couldn't keep Fangio on. Yeah. And that's why he went to the Bears. I think we're good with talking about the Browns. I think Freddie Kitchens is a good uh, solution, not only because uh, he did so well with them so far in his limited time, but also because uh, the team itself is very young. They have tons of draft picks and rookies. Uh, getting people to connect with them, uh, a young guy who's up and coming in the league, might be exactly what they need. Right. And they if they s- like Freddie Kitchens, they got to – Make him the head coach to keep him. Yeah, because he would just go somewhere else next year. Well, that's gonna be that's gonna be what happens. Yeah, and just like what we talked about, assuming Green, they have an above average year next year. And just like what we talked about with Green Bay, like I was saying earlier, if, if you're head, you want your head coach to connect with your quarterback, if the quarterback is the face of the franchise. Well, yeah, you have to have the coach quarterback connection, and and eventually you see a lot of these teams like McCarthy and Rodgers, and they have problems. Uh, any anywhere you have a long stretch coach. Who has his feet in, or like the you know in the mud or the dirt or the sand, where his feet like have gone down for like six inches, Good. and he's kind of entrenched in there. Uh, Mike Tomlin is one of those coaches. A lot of coaches I that think have he's been there more for than a six while. Six inches deep. 
<laughs> but you know what I mean. Anyone who's entrenched, and then they they Belichick's feel like, up to his neck. Belichick, they feel like they have a better position than the quarterback, but they're not out there throwing the passes. So there's going to be a real problem between those wait, two people wait, if they don't wait agree. Wait to see what Tomlin Roethlisberger looks like after a year without Antonio Brown. <laughs> Well, again, we can talk about that we later. We see. I don't think personally that the Steelers have much to worry about in the wide receiver department, but that's just based on history. The Steelers have the best like wide receiver development in the last 15 years. Every time someone leaves, someone breaks out. Yeah. And not only that, they've moved, the guys that have left that squad wound up playing well anyways. But let's talk about the Broncos. Yes. Um, and and, and so let's bring these a little more rapid fire so we can move on to one more. We're trying to fit, like Jason said earlier uh, off broadcast, two shows into one because there's <laughs> so much going on right now. But I'm sure that we'll do another show in the in the postseason after the draft, uh, probably with Sean again, to yeah. talk about all the great rookies that are out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm up for that. It's all right. Fun. So the Broncos fired Vance Joseph. Uh, who is not any longer having the time of his life. So Green Day is not the the song of choice there. No, not anymore. So it was their first consecutive losing season since like 70-71, I believe, which is a crazy stat. That's really, really crazy. It's really impressive. I didn't know that stat. Um, So what what really puzzles me about this move is that they basically just fired Vance Joseph and hired someone just like Vance Joseph. And Vic Fangio. Um, so he was the defensive coordinator for the Bears for the last couple of years. So they don't want to change their strategy, but they don't want him anymore. Right. So I think John Elway has this idea that Gary Kubiak is going to save the team. But Gary Kubiak doesn't want to be a head coach anymore. So he has to install a coach that he can tell what's going to be going on. Doesn't Elway want like a really good quarterback, but he's failed like every draft to get it, the well, new quarterback? It's yeah. kind of funny. It's kind of funny because <laughs> because the, one of those failed quarterbacks, Paxton Lynch, yeah, would have been a perfect fit for Gary Kubiak's offense. Oh, and it was and too Kubiak early. Retired it was too early, and like got out of head coaching, <laughs> and they brought in a new coach in the scheme. You were really fit. up on Paxton Lynch. I liked right? him because yeah. he was going to play for Kubiak. Is there any possibility he could come back into? No. Is he just done now? No, I think I think his development's been stunted enough that it's not going to happen at this point. I gotcha. Um, it was like smoking pot when you're 12 or something. It just stunted development. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, these the, the one thing is like you've seen all these other teams that are hiring the offensive coaches, and then you see the Broncos hire someone like Fangio. The reason why it's a bad move at this point to hire the defensive coach is because to make it work, you have to pair him with a really good offensive off, offensive coordinator, right? Mm-hmm. Problem is with the way the league is right now. In a year, two years from now, those coordinators those, will get. He's going to get a head coaching up. job if he is good, and the sustainability isn't going to be there so. For perhaps, Fangio. perhaps Kubiak doesn't want to be a head coach ever again, and is happy with being just the offensive coach in uh, in Denver. And I feel like if they win games, then a lot of these problems won't be a big deal. But you know, if they have the same kind of year this year as or next year as they had this year, then it's going to be a lot of like. Vic Fangio telling Kubiak what to do and Kubiak doing whatever he wants to do. I feel like it's almost like Kubiak is going to be reporting to Elway as much as he's reporting to Kubiak or to Fangio. Yeah, I mean, but the NFL offenses have evolved so much over the last even five, ten, five, ten years that Kubiak it may have already passed Kubiak by. We haven't seen him call plays in a couple seasons. Yeah, he. I mean, if he hasn't adapted to the way the game is changing. It might not work. I mean, I mean he, doesn't his have last, his, he doesn't have the players. His I mean, last gig was with Peyton Manning, right? True. The 15, Peyton Manning, the, yeah. the year they did win the Super Bowl, 
but they won because they had a stellar defense. They did. So we'll see what happens. Fantasy-wise, I think this is huge for Philip Lindsay. He could have a gigantic second year. Zone Kubiak, locking, yeah. Yeah, Kubiak's running backs tend to put up huge numbers. I, I'd be a little nervous about... I, I don't know about Lindsay. I think Lindsay might have had his best season, I'll be honest with you. Interesting. He's a, he's a smaller guy for the NFL. I don't know that he can sustain uh, that kind of... Uh, well, and, and here's the thing. With a brand-new coaching staff, he's going to have to win over the new coaching staff. Yeah, yeah. It's a, usually when you get the new coaching staff in, you don't get that the incumbent. Uh, I, I feel like Elway role. is is pulling all the strings here, and he's saying this is this is your guy. Is what he's telling these guys. Uh, I, I feel mean, like it, it's it's almost micromanaging from you, Elway. You say that, but if if this doesn't work in year one, if they have another you know five and eleven season, Elway's not there in twenty twenty. I agree. This is like his yeah. Last, they'll have to blow up the whole his team. last chance to stick around. I don't think that there's. He doesn't have someone who can who can because think about this: if he hires someone who saves the team, then it's like, well, they won despite Elway. So it, it's either going to be Elway pulling all the strings and finally figuring it out, or they just move on entirely. Yeah. So you move on to the Bengals. Uh, they finally parted ways with Marvin Lewis. He was a coach there for 16 years. Um, Thankfully, for anyone who's a Bengals fan, it does not look like they're going to promote newly acquired assistant head coach Hugh Jackson they, of the still of might. the Cleveland Bronco or the Cleveland Browns fame. Um, the Cleveland Bengals. <laughs> oh man, they're so bad. I mean, there's a pretty big history there. I mean, the, the the Bengals play in Paul Brown Stadium, which is who the Browns are named after. Yeah, there's yeah. a pretty deep history with those. There is. Well, it's because the Brown. It's because Paul Brown. Got forced out of Cleveland and went to Cincinnati and started his own team. True, and that's why they're orange and black as well. Yeah. Uh, so there's a big so history there. There is. It's a. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of really good inside the. Uh, what is it? All uh, reasons why Hugh Jackson is now the new coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, all of that. To lead up. <laughs> he he is rolling over in his grave thinking about Hugh Jackson. Oh. So I don't know who's going to wind up in Cincinnati. I don't think it's a very appealing. They've job. been bad though, and it's Andy Dalton and an aging AJ Green. It's not a good team. Joe Mixon is the only guy there that's awesome. I agree. I don't. I think there are plenty of offensive pieces on that team for them to be good. I think they're going to draft a tight end this year. He likes the to give him an extra weapon. Tyler think, Eifert I think back. It, I think I'm, I've kind of given up on Eifert and Croft and, and Uzoma is not anything special. They'll probably go out and draft a weapon at tight end this year. But if AJ Green has, I think he's I mean, he's still only what 31 maybe. He's probably got four quality years left. Uh, Tyler Boyd really came on this year. I like Boyd a man. lot. Uh, and Joe Mixon is just a stud. Dalton, at least, is a passable game-managing quarterback. Um, if they hire a good offensive mind at head coach, I think there's some pieces there, but I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to hire a Vance Joseph. They may still hire Hugh Jackson. Somebody <laughs> like that is probably going to end up as the head coach. And since he, when they should be hiring Eric Bieniemy, offense coordinator from the Chiefs, or Todd Monken from the Buccaneers. I think that team's going to fall apart. But you might be right. If, if they did hire an offensive coordinated person, they still have pieces that could give them a lot of points and win games. You guys might might not remember, but in the first half of the season, before Andy Dalton and A.J. Green got hurt, they looked like a playoff team. Well. So... Um... <laughs> <laughs> the least desirable job in my book. Uh, you're, you're not wrong, by the way, Sean. They, they looked good early in the season. But what, what, what really matters to an NFL team is how they look later in the season. The, at the end of the season, in fact. So the least desirable job, I think most people would agree, is the Dolphins. They don't have any uh, of these, you know, you can't run down a list of players like you just did with the Bengals that are at least like worth mentioning. 
Um, so they got rid of Adam Gase, who, spoiler alert, wound up with a new job already. Um, so there's no real stars in Miami. There's not a lot to work with. Um, they do have a new front office guy. Uh, Chris Greer is taking over. Greer's been with the team since 2000, so he sort of worked up uh, internally, which is kind of... Um, it's the sort of thing that a lot of teams like to draw from. Like when, uh, well, when these the are all Bears... companies, and so it's right. nice. It's nice if you're a company to to hire so someone hire that within. knows what's happened and understands yeah. the history. A lot of times, right? Someone makes the same mistakes that they did in the past. Sure. So it's good to have someone that knows. Yeah. So um, there's not a lot of coaching candidates lining up to be uh, the Dolphins, but uh, they've interviewed uh, Patriots defensive coordinator Brian Flores. Uh, he seems like the front runner right now, um, and I don't think like one coach is going to really turn this thing around. Uh, that's not what it, that's not what Dolphins need. They need about four years of good drafting to turn this around. Um, so they've got to you know get somebody who they can stick with for the long term, uh, and that's going to be a young, cheap coach. Yeah. So they can take a chance on somebody who's not going to cost them a lot of money, like you were saying offline. Um, that's what they need is to just kind of save some money. It's going to take them a couple of years. Don't draft a big name. And like we talked about earlier, at least I talked about earlier, uh, you know, uh, ordering a quarter dolphin right now is kind of cheap. So uh, maybe <laughs> maybe in a couple of years that, that dolphin meat will be more expensive. But, but right now it's pretty inexpensive to get that dolphin, cut it up, put it in your freezer. All right. I and hope you guys understand what I'm saying here, and, and not that I actually want to eat dolphin meat. I'm Wait, we're not <laughs> eating dolphin later this week? What did we have earlier? You called them dolphin steaks. Oh, my God, guys. You're not supposed to tell that to everybody. No, no, it's a, it's an analogy. They were delicious, dude. Filet <laughs> Fale, and dolphin. So long I, I don't want to eat fish, dolphins. We're eating dolphin. But I will say this, that the Miami Dolphins, uh, for Miami. whatever whatever talent, phenomena, dolphins. Da-na-na-na-na. That might as well be their their theme song at this point. <laughs> Miami. <laughs> so, so I do like some of the players on the Dolphins, but they've they've really never done anything except for I, occasionally beat the wh- Patriots. Who who what players? I'm curious which players on the Dolphins. Well, you do like. I still like Kenyon Drake because I think he's an explosive running back okay. that, and he makes all kinds of cool plays, but. Uh, it's never really going to work because their team is just not cohesive enough and they don't have enough of a passing offense to really balance that out. I mean, do they replace Tannehill this year? Or does he have another year left, do you think? I'm pretty sure that what happens is that Tannehill gets... uh, I I don't think he's a free agent, but if he is, he'll get picked up. If not, he'll get traded to another team. So I think they they blow it all up. Why wouldn't they? they? That's what they should do, but, you know... Teams are stubborn and say, hey, let's try to compete now. Well, I did see an old uh, video from like Dick Sporting Goods or something where uh, where Tannehill was way across the store throwing a football into a basketball hoop on the other side of the store. You guys see that video? No. So clearly he should be the, the starting quarterback of a football if team. You can convert, that, him, yeah. convert him back to wide receiver. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's... We should all go down to Goose Island and try to kick 43-yard field goals. Well, that I'm just in. sounds fun. I might be able to kick one. Let's be honest. You only get one try. 112 man. feet? Yeah. You get one try. Why did he just do the math real quick there? What happened? Because I just want to make sure you know how long 43 yards is. All right. All right we can... He did the math wrong, if it makes you feel better. I did uh, do the math wrong. Oh, he, he didn't <laughs> multiply by three. Thirty-two feet. You got to multiply by three, my friend. And he's still wrong. It is 129 feet. 43 yards? Yep. Uh, I'm just going to stop doing math. How about that? So, uh, I've got New this York on Jets. Tape. We're going to cut that out, thanks. Uh, editing, <laughs> editing, take care of that. <laughs> the New York Jets 
uh, let go of Todd Bowles at the end of the year. He's already going to be the defensive coordinator for Bruce Arians. Uh, I personally didn't see the Jets' job as being particularly attractive, but Adam Gase di- disagrees with me. He is going to go there. He's going to be the head coach. Uh, he's going to try and develop Sam Darnold. Um, so, you know, the other guys they were interviewing for that job, Mike McCarthy has stated that he's not going to be a coach this year. Um, and then there's the Chiefs OC that you mentioned, Chris Bieniemy. Uh, he it. could wind Eric. up somewhere else. Eric. Eric. It says Eric here. I don't know why I said Chris. Uh, because it's Chris Richard, his twin uh, brother, the Cowboys coach, who is the passing game coordinator and DBs coach. I, I I didn't understand that. I didn't have enough time to look into it. Oh, he can do. A Does little he coach on on both sides? A little of the ball. both. A little bit of both. Yeah. I like that. I kind of like that. I, I mean, if your specialty is pass defense, you should be able to understand pass offense. Right? I agree. I've always felt that way. Yeah. So I like it. That could be an interesting. Uh, it was the old school where if you're a wide receiver, you also have to play defensive back. All the positions. It's 1938 again. <laughs> Wear your leather caps. Don <laughs> Meredith is going to kick everyone's ass. I will say with this job, I wish the Jets were eligible for hard knocks because we've heard. I mean, Adam Gase in the past has thrown players his under the bus in the media, like uh, Jay Jai. Uh, I mean, heck, his punishment was for issues he had with the coach was to get sent away to a Super Bowl champion, uh, which worked <laughs> out very well for Jay Jai. Um, yeah. But he's thrown guys under the bus in the media before, and with the the heightened media atmosphere in New York, I, it's just going to be a very combustible situation. It's going to be very fun, I think. Uh, it's going like to blow that. up in spectacular Combustible fashion. as fuck. And remember, it's not a concussion. It's just a little sleep. So it's that is uh, what is going on with the coaches right now. Oh, no. All right, guys. Uh, we have one more uh, topic that I want to broach this evening because we are approaching the very last part of the podcast, and that is... Uh, rookies to watch for next year. So uh, Sean, who's one of our uh, most intrepid and interesting uh, rookie watchers and experts that we've ever met, uh, as far as uh, Jason and I are concerned. I don't know someone else who can basically name where every player went to school and who uh, throw one at me <laughs> and who and who also does the rookie report, uh, which is a great series on Drink5.com and all throughout the internet. You can find it. Uh, please uh, let us know if you have any special requests uh, uh, for uh, for anything for him to research, etc. Always interested in that. But what I'd like to just touch upon, uh, talking about the playoffs and how this season is ending, um, next year there's going to be a draft. That draft's going to be in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I was thinking about going down there, but my, my April is so busy, unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to be able to. Um, also, knowing my That's luck, the 19 draft? it'll be like pouring rain, just like it was in Chicago. Oh, that was a brutal one. <laughs> and then in 2020, I believe it's in Vegas. Well, that is pretty cool. Uh, so maybe we'll see some of you guys out there in Vegas, probably not in Nashville. But uh, it is uh, pretty easy to go to one of these things. They make it very easy in a big town, um, in a place where the travel is not very expensive, uh, time of year, etc. So... A couple top prospects from each position. This 2019 NFL Draft. Um, last year, as we know, there were a lot of great running back prospects. Um, maybe arguably better than uh, 2017 even. But this year, it seems like there's going to be more wide receiver prospects that are a little heavy 
uh, as opposed to the other positions. So I wanted to ask Sean first, uh, what do you think the top, let's say, three guys are from the draft overall from offensive positions? Uh, what do you think the theme is going to be from this draft as far as what position is the is the uh, heaviest loaded, most loaded with talent? And who do you think is uh, someone who people are not paying attention to that that they should start paying attention to? Okay, so those questions were not <laughs> not prepped for those specific questions. Um, so you're talking top three overall, or do you want like, also where did Cordero Patterson go to college? Uh, Tennessee. All right, that's good. Let's, uh, let's continue. Do you want? Let's get him off on the right foot. Are we talking about players from like by like, position top three? Okay, let's like, start. Let's start. Let's start. Here. Overall top three that you think in the draft the best offensive players in this upcoming draft. Um, for I mean, fantasy wise, not the first year, but like will be the best players in the NFL. I think it's really too early to say. I mean, you just have to kind of let the. I mean, so much of it depends on where guys land. Okay, so let's 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 rephrase that then. Let's bring it down to just one. What's what's your top pick of the guy who you think would be the best out of this draft? Going to the Cardinals or the Niners or the Look, Jets? I mean, this, this is purely speculative. I'm not going to hold you to my, any of this. My favorite one player in this draft, yes. is probably Nikhil Harry. Yeah, that's that's who I was thinking, and it, really great specs and, and a great wide receiver. Yeah, it just this year doesn't it doesn't have the same feel as the last two three years where there was a clear guy who were like this is the guy. There's no Saquon, Saquon. there's no Zeke Elliott. Yeah, there's no clear this is who you should be taking at the top of a rookie draft. Are there um, linemen in that spot right now, or defensive players at all? Like, are the, is that what's are likely ta- to go talking, at the top of the draft? Are you talking about first overall in the NFL draft? Yeah. You're, yeah. you're not going to see a quarterback at number one unless the team trades up. Because the first team with need is picking, I think, sixth. I think well, it's the Giants at, I'm, like, fifth or sixth. I'm pretty sure yeah, that a, a quarterback will go in the top Well, the Raiders five. are picking sure. fourth. Someone's going to trade There's an up. argument that the Raiders might want a quarterback. But, but let's not talk about defensive players in, yeah, in, yeah. in this discussion. I'm talking about the best offensive player from well, yeah. this draft. The best offensive player from this draft is not going to be a quarterback. I think um, that we can all agree that the, this draft, um, in particular, based on what everyone's been saying, is that the defensive players are going to be heavier than they have been in the last two years. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna list uh, I'm gonna read off a list of names right now, and then I'll explain what these names are. EJ Manuel, Geno Smith, Mike Glennon, Matt Barkley, Ryan Nassib. <laughs> Those are the first five quarterbacks drafted in 2013. Oh, this year's quarterback class might be worse. It's gonna be a rough year for quarterbacks. Dwayne Haskins has upside, could be good, might not be. But so many teams are going to talk themselves in to Drew Locke. They're going to talk themselves in to Daniel Jones from Duke or Will Greer from West Virginia. Because they need a quarterback, but they shouldn't be drafting it. But those players should not be early picks. So take quarterback out of the equation. Uh, You said the top top rookie person that you're talking about right now is is Nikhil. Love Nikhil, Harry. Big, physical, outside wide receiver. So what team is Nikhil on right now? Uh, He's Arizona State. And he declared for the draft uh, in ASU. Uh, he he did pretty well in his uh, in his last two years, right? Yeah, yeah. And he also has some return skills too. Um, but he is just he's going to step in as an outside wide receiver that can play right away. Um, I think he's somebody who can be very good early in his career. Um, I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of good players at the position, but I think Nikhil Harry is the one who kind of sticks out in my mind. So would you agree then that this particular draft is one that is more wide receiver heavy because there's more top heavy uh, people in that position, or do you think it's really just Nikhil and then like a lot of sporadic talent? I th- 
I think the thing with this year's because there are some good running backs too in this. Sure, class. sure. I I love David Montgomery. Yeah. I actually a guy that people are forgetting about that I really love is Bryce Love. Uh, he ran for over two thousand yards for Stanford as a junior. And probably hurt his draft stock by coming back as a senior. He was banged up and only ran for about 700 yards. But, I mean, he went, he averaged eight yards a carry and ran for over 2,000 yards as a junior. He's a beast and can be really good at the end. And his skill set fits in today's NFL very well. Okay. Um, but I think that he kind of got overlooked he had kind of a down senior year. Um, but in general, the thing that I'm seeing with this class is there's not – clear defined tiers like these guys are really good and then these guys are right below them and these it's just kind of a jumbled mess where a few of these guys are going to come up and be great i don't know which ones there's a lot of decent players but you don't know which will be good and which are going to be bust it's it's a lot messier than most years so in the fantasy world as we approach the draft uh of course uh these things may come into more clearer focus but Sean is someone who's very connected with these rookies. So uh, I would believe him more than most when he says that uh, there's less of a tiered situation. What I would suggest for people that are looking at those classes uh, for, for next year's drafts is to go and look at the actual footage of those players that you're interested in, in drafting. Um, and, and you know what's great about YouTube is that if you look up any of those players, you can see their highlight reels. Uh, you can see all kinds of good stuff from that. Uh, and, so that's what I would recommend. And, and I believe, too, that this year's class is going to become a lot more clear once we get through the actual draft of and course. know landing spots and know who's going to have the opportunity early on. Yeah, so if, if, if Haskins goes to the Giants, then he's going to have a lot more value than if he goes to uh, like the backup position on some team. I, or something. I don't know. The Giants may want him to sit for a year behind Eli. Well, sure, but that's not the point. The point is, uh, if you have a quarterback like that gets drafted value. to a quarterback needy team, yeah. uh, no redraft team and mm-hmm. redraft uh, t- twelve team, you know, is going to pick Haskins. Sure. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, if he goes to a team like Jacksonville, he's playing Week One. Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? We don't know what's happening with uh, Jacksonville yet. No, they, I mean they're changing quarterbacks. That's one thing we do know. They will not. I would wager every penny that I have that neither Cody Kessler nor Blake Bortles would be starting week one for the Jaguars. I, <laughs> I would think that Coughlin would uh, would would rather trade for a, a quarterback that he knows now, like a Teddy Bridgewater or something. Or but, sign a Joe Flacco. Yeah, but but yeah. I totally agree with you. Joe Flacco is going to go to Denver. Uh, well, uh, we don't know, and that's the fun of fantasy, really. And and the off season is finding out where everybody goes to. <laughs> that actually, Sean has got a fantasy chubby. That is a fantastic <laughs> fit, actually. Joe Flacco to Denver actually works very well. Well, you've seen Joe Flacco and his fly and his high. mighty Raven wings. Yes. Anyway, uh, always. Um, so you asked, also asked one player who's really under the radar. Yeah, um, and you mentioned that already. Unless you have another guy. No, I have another one that is not really being mentioned on really any kind of ranking list that I've seen that I really do like and think will have an opportunity to play. Okay. Uh, his name's Jalen Hurd. Um, not Jalen Hurts. Not the quarterback from Alabama. Uh, Jalen Hurd. H U R D. Like Sam, he, he was a really highly touted uh, recruit who was a star running back at Tennessee for two and a half years, and quit on Tennessee in his the middle of his junior year, sat out a full year, and decided I want to be a wide receiver instead of a running back, and played wide receiver for Baylor this past season. 
Um, his versatility is going to make him a guy who can can do a lot of different things at the NFL level, and he's got the kind of pedigree. He's going to be a little old for a prospect. So obviously, he went five years. Um, so he's going to Percy Harvin all over the place? Um, he's not that kind. He's not going to be a Percy Harvin speed guy. Um, but he's just going to be a guy who's versatile and, and has a ton of experience and has top-flight talent um, that someone's going to find a way to use him. Um, I think he's not going to get drafted probably on the first day, maybe not the second day, but he's going to find a role in the NFL. Well, that's good. Um, there's there's oftentimes a lot of uh, undrafted free agents or people drafted later in the draft that end up being really high-caliber NFL talent. Um I mean, Arian Foster was a running back at Tennessee who did not get drafted. Oh, yeah. He was great. He was a little odd, you know. <laughs> but uh, not not as odd as some people that think they're reptiles. And, uh, you know, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of, <laughs> lot of mean, stuff he, going on in the he NFL. He had interests outside of football. No one really gives Aaron Rodgers too much shit for that, right? <laughs> no. Certainly not. Um, so what's great about the prospects is that they change and they develop until uh, until the actual draft where we know where they land. And after they land, they still change and develop all throughout the preseason and even into the season and through. Uh, we were going to talk about some of the second-year guys that might blow up this, uh, this coming season. Uh, sorry, uh, rookies that would now be second-year guys. Uh, but we don't have time for that. Uh, but I will probably develop that into an actual article on drink5.com. Uh, what I'd like for uh, for you guys to do um, is to go ahead and, and email us with any questions you might have uh, or ideas for articles going forward. And uh, let's let's talk about this real quickly, though. What, what's a guy that you think, uh, running back or wide receiver or tight end, uh, any offensive position except for quarterback, kicker, uh, that you think will blow up in 2019 and why? I'll start with Sean. Um, are we talking just first, second year guys? Are we talking yeah, anybody? Uh, uh, someone who was a, uh, a rookie last year that you really uh, have, have gotten to, to look at and see how they're doing uh, and uh, think that they're going to really take it to the next level next year. Um, I guess the, the first name that would come to mind on that list is it's either going to be Christian Kirk or DJ Moore. DJ Moore took half the season to kind of get to that lead receiver role in yeah. Carolina, uh, but once he found it, he was pretty consistent. And then he took over for the incumbents, and and pretty much he's going to be their WR one almost now. Yeah, I mean Funchess is a free agent and might not be back. Yeah, uh, and Christian Kirk goes into a, a pass happy offense where his skill set is going to probably get him the kind of usage that we saw from Jarvis Landry before he left Miami. So which one uh, has a better 2019? Um. I'd say Christian Kirk, but I'd probably prefer more long-term. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Jason, you have any guys in mind, uh, guys that were rookies last year? doesn't matter what the position, but not quarterbacks, please. But not quarterback. I was going to say, I, I do like uh, Josh Allen to play well, but he is a quarterback. So <laughs> I mean, we'll skip I, him for I like, now. I like Rosen if we're doing quarterbacks. <laughs> sure, sure. So I like Kiki Cutie. Um Kiki QT. You know, he th- there is a definite need in Houston for a second solid wide receiver and um I, I I know that Bill O'Brien has been good, but I don't think that he can be great and I don't think that he can take him to the next level. They're not going to fire him this year, but they need to change what they're doing on offense. They need a better offensive line and with a better offensive line, we'll give 
Deshaun Watson more time to throw the ball and more time to find his second wide receivers. I, I do think Will Fuller is going to be competition for him for that, though. It's a matter of which one sure. stays healthy. I wasn't, able, I wasn't allowed to take Will Fuller. This. Well, no, Fuller, I, I Fuller's the boss. but I'm just saying Fuller's going to block QT from breaking out sure. the league. And, and my dark horse would be Rashad Penny. I think that um, he needs, you know, in, in Seattle they need to – they they need to change the way they do offense. They're going to continue this to do it the same not, way though. It was not smart. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and they were just running the ball the whole They're time. They're going to keep running the ball. So, I know that you know obviously he's a running back, but I think that they're going to use him more, and maybe yeah. as a lone back would be a better way of doing it rather than worrying so much about rotating running backs in and getting everybody carries. I think they get preoccupied with the run game. I don't think they'll do the lone back thing, but I, I do think they need to give Rashad Penny the ball more, and I think he was good when he got it. Yes, he definitely was good when he got the ball. Did year. you like Rashad Penny this year? I, I liked him in the limited opportunities that he got, but I do think that Chris Carson played well enough that it's not like they're just going to hand the job yeah, over Yeah, it's still going to be a, a two-back. Yeah. Yeah. Carson is still the number one guy. But maybe they can get like Mike Davis out of there or make it a two-back Dav- thing. Davis is a free agent, so I yeah. think Penny will probably see an expanded role if Davis is gone, but they're not. I mean, they're going to bring in another body because for some, some reason, Pete Carroll believes that this is the way to win when you have one of the best <laughs> quarterbacks in the league. We're going to pay Russell Wilson $30 million so we can run the ball 55% of the time. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. Uh-huh. So, Dave, who is your pick and why is it James Washington? No, I like Robert, <laughs> I like Robert Foster. Are you sure it's not Jalen Samuels? <laughs> if you give me a moment, gentlemen. I like Robert Foster, who had 500-plus uh, uh, yards and three touchdowns this season. But uh, honestly, uh, he didn't do much of anything from, uh, from zero to, to week 10. Uh, from week 10 on, he had uh, 25 receptions for 511 yards and three touchdowns, and he led all receivers with 23.6 yards of average depth of target. So he has been a really good receiver out there in midfield and uh, sometimes deep, sometimes closer, but but he's been a great receiver. And Zay Jones uh, has also been a good receiver, but not as talented as quickly as Robert Foster. So Was I, Foster even drafted? I I, I don't know. Which is amazing it's because undrafted. he went to Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> Not like this guy's an unknown. I mean, he didn't play at How was he at Alabama and he got undrafted? he went to Bama and went undrafted. So I, I think just because of the situation that he obviously has a little bit of chemistry with the quarterback, and the quarterback will get better, and the offense will get better, uh, I think that Robert Foster is someone to look at as eventually being a guy who's going to get 800-plus yards per season, you know, six touchdowns plus. So he's a WR two WR three uh, on a team uh, where right now no one would roster him. He's I mean, doing well. I think if, if everyone develops the way they can in Buffalo, those pieces complement each other yeah. really well. Buffalo looks okay. They need a running back because LaShawn's got one year left on his yeah. deal and he's gone. But you look at the three the top three receivers, Foster's the big physical deep threat. Zay Jones is the the possession receiver who can catch anything you throw near him. Uh-huh. The guy caught like 145 balls his last year at college. You're right. You're right. And then you have McKenzie, who's kind of the gadget speed guy. Um, you know, who they have a great trio that really complement each other well. Well, and I like the quarterback too. It's just he's I been... don't. That's my biggest issue is I don't think he ever develops into the kind of passer that can make those three guys get maximize their fantasy value. Well, I think Allen's well, always going to run. the He's ball. the right kind of guy for Foster, at least. <laughs> Sure. Just throwing it deep. Sure. I just, I don't know. For Zay, I think it's probably not the right fit. Sure. I liked Foster's end of the year. His last seven games, five of them, he had more than 90 yards or a touchdown. 
Well, that's what I said. From week ten on, it's it's you can't even look at like his stats for the whole season because he didn't even start playing really until yeah. like week nine and ten. So you said guys who were drafted last year, Robert Foster does not count. <laughs> yeah, pick another guy, Dave. Jeez. I'm kidding. That's a good pick, Dave. No, if that's it, pick it's a Philip good Lindsay. Oh, because he was pick undrafted. He was so undrafted. Do I don't like <laughs> Philip Lindsay. <laughs> All right. I guess I would say I would say either Antonio Callaway or James Washington are also people to look at uh, as people that uh, should be good going forward. James Washington is only good if uh, Antonio Brown is traded. Antonio Callaway is uh, is is someone who can be good, but I feel like he's more of a like a Nelson Aguilar guy who's going to have some good games, but he's not going to consistently give you fantasy production. All right. Well. Uh... I think that we've imparted a lot of wisdom here tonight, gentlemen. Why don't you uh, wrap it up for us then, Jay? All right, well, everybody, thanks for listening. Thank you for being here, Sean. Thanks for joining us, Dave. We don't have uh, our next show set yet. Oh, you're welcome um, for joining you. I appreciate that. But at the very least, we will be back uh, (laughs) around draft time to talk about what happens in the draft. Uh, Good luck in the playoffs this year. Make sure to follow us at Drink5. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram, probably. Um, we're probably you can email us at Jason or Dave at drink5.com and uh, enjoy the playoffs guys cheers